Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Hi, hello there everyone. My name is Matt McSweeney. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. We are here to discuss UFC 297. Were we in Toronto? Well, I think we're somewhere in Canada. We are in Canada this weekend. Sean Strickland yeah. is defending his middleweight title against Drickus Duplessis. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? Are we excited about this? We are. We are in Toronto at the Scotiabank Arena. Um... You know, not the deepest card. I mean, not not the best co-main ever. Um, but I don't know, man. I kind of like this card. I kind of like the main card. I kind of like some of the matchups on the prelims. Uh, there's a rematch of a contender series fight that was ended. I mean, just absolutely, just pathetic oh, yeah. effort by Kevin McDonald, your boy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, there's some other interesting matchups. I mean, it's not the most you know uh, stacked card full of contenders and rising prospects, but uh, you know it. it, it it kind of has. Um, it's starting off with two guys who might be able to uh, get cut at the same time, but it's still going to be an interesting fight, nonetheless. I mean, it, it's a bunch of interesting um, contrasts of styles and, and, and whatnot. Um, I'm excited. I mean, there is a prospect fight in Allen and Evloev. Um, our boy Arn- Garrett Armfield's getting in there. We we have a couple a uh, couple of our favorites are on this card, so it should be fighting. interesting. We, there's so many snipers that I don't even know what sniper it is, yeah. but there's one of them. There's one of them, the Sean American Woodson. sniper, maybe. There you go. So, and he's got his hands full with Charles Jordan. Yeah. Charles Jordan. So we made the mistake the last time, if you guys remember, when they went to Canada, we faded every almost <laughs> every Canadian fighter, and they went crazy. So we're not going to do that again this year. We're not going to have like a anti Canada thing. Twenty twenty four. It's a different year. It's a different podcast. It's a different shoulder strikes MMA betting strategy. We have whole new strategy and everything. To remind everyone of our incredible weeks that we had last week, which basically by incredible, I mean we went positive for the first, you know, we're in the green for overall for the year for the first time since 2022. So I don't think we actually were in the green at all last year. We started off bad and we ended bad. So uh, I'm up 4.95 units. You are up 3.25 units. Let's keep that rolling going into this event. That is kicked off by, well, we're going to talk about the main event. Sean Strickland, Drickus Duplessis, like I said, 185 title. Sean's coming off of the upset of the year probably last year with the win against Israel Adesanya, a 50-45 or 49-46 across the board. He is fighting Drickus Duplessis, who has seemingly shocked the like not really shocked the world, but he just continually... Proves everybody wrong. He's uh, he wasn't the favorite, I don't think, in the Derek Brunson fight, or if he was, I, I think he probably was, but he was, definitely wasn't the favorite in the Robert Whitaker fight, and he shocked the world by just really putting it on Robbie uh, Robbie Whitaker, and that could have been uh, one of the upsets of the year. It's, oh, it's for kind sure. of funny that they're both pretty much both have been counted out um, for a, a good part of their career. He was only minus two thirty against Brunson. Looking back on it, I remember I I think we might we might have both. 
had money on him, and uh, it got a little interesting. Same thing with the Till fight. We're like, yo, bro, uh, how are you already tired? It's the first, uh, second round. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's a. Uh, these are two kind of awkward guys. I think Strickland looks is more technical, but even he has like a kind of awkward style, you know, fight behind that Philly shell and just, um, you know, big on movement and pace and cardio and, and volume. But even he, like, you know, when he fights, he kind of looks a little awkward. So, and they're both weirdos. Uh, so I gotta love that. Yeah, honestly, definitely. neither guys, from, neither guys from Canada. Um, uh, Sean just fought in where, where do you fight? Just uh, Australia. So he's going from Australia to, to Canada. So, uh, I guess they don't want to put him in the States. Either way, I think this is just setting up. I think they want to set up a Drickus and Izzy super fight, I guess, for the whole continent of Africa. I'm not sure if that's how that works, but that's what the the angle that they're trying to push. And, um, I, I, you know, I can see Drickus winning. I mean, I think this is probably the best part of both of their careers. Sean's 32, Drickus 30. I think they are pretty identical in height and reach. So um, it, it, it's really going to be close. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I guess I want to lean with Sean because he has the experience. He has the uh, the technicality, uh, the technique, I should say. Uh, great boxing, great cardio. I think he's going to have some openings to uh, just just really outpoint Drickus. But m- my question is, what happens when Drickus goes forward and gets his offense off? You know, he hits so hard it doesn't even seem like. It. I mean, he's knocking out uh, Robert Whitaker, basically starting off with a jab. Yeah, and. Um, We've seen what he does to other people, man. I, you know, Strickland's been, he's had his chin checked multiple times. Uh, even though I think he does have a relatively good chin. Um, Drickus is just awkward. That's, that's the thing with him. He's very awkward. I don't even know how you, uh, you know, game plan for him. I, I know, uh, Eric Nixick and them, those guys over there are the best. So, uh, if anybody has a plan, it's them. But, you know, there's just the awkwardness, the violent, powerful nature of Drickus. I think he's going to have the bigger, more impactful moments on the feet, also on the ground. I'd be very interested to see what happens if there is any clinch work, any wrestling, any grappling, because I think Drickus, again, not the most technical, but uh, he's super fucking strong, and um, he, he just gets it done. He goes for it. Um, he cardio dumps a lot because of that. Yeah. Uh, that style. But That's what worries me. He still throws him. good volume. Yeah. You know, I still think he does throw that good volume, but, but I, don't, I don't know if that'll happen here. Against Sean, it's it's definitely five not the rounds, right guy. Still. You like because I yeah. don't know if he's really. Yeah. I mean, how many five rounders has this guy been in? If he's been in any, right? Uh, who knows? I, I was I was thinking like uh, you know this fight might not go five rounds. I'm starting to think it might. I think it might just be a nip tuck affair. Yeah, or it's just back and forth and back and forth. I'm not really sure, honestly. I mean, he's been in the third round a bunch of times, um, but has he been in the fourth? Has he been in the fifth? You know, Sean Strickland's been in in main event. Um, uh, main events where he's gone 25 minutes. I think he went he went 25 with Imavov, right? Uh, Cannoneer, Hermanson. I don't know if he did with Uriah Hall. Yeah, he did. So he's been doing this for a while, man. He's been there, done that. 15 and five in the UFC. Six and zero for Drickus. Ah, uh, man, I want to go like off the radar and 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 go like Drickus sub because I feel like he could really have some nice, nice, uh, a nice edge on the ground. Um. I'm trying to look at the props now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't have a huge feel for this. So I'm just going to walk in now and then switch to you. I'm going to go Drickus Moneyline. Okay. Uh, so for the, for the people out there listening, the odds, we have Drickus is a slight underdog in some of these sites. He's a favorite on, on a couple of them, but mainly the underdog. It's really like right down the middle. It's rare you see a yeah. line, especially for a main event that's this close. 
Strickland minus 125, 115. And you can get Drickus at around plus 105, minus 105. It, it bounces back and forth, but that is around where you're getting things at. If you think Drickus gets him out of there, you're going to get that at plus 265, 220. So in that neighborhood, in that range, not a bad number. Strickland no. is plus 200, 235. I don't like any of the finishing props or anything like that, especially when a fight is this close to even money on the money line. So I think you can, you know, either way, you can, you know, you're, you're good to go. You can make money. I just worry. I think it, the later this fight goes, the better it is for Sean Strickland. I think that I don't really have a feel for who wins this fight, to be honest. that that That's where yeah. I struggle with having a solid pick or anything like that. I just, I just don't know, you know, like they're, they're both, they're the exact same size, you know, six, one 76 inch reach. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys are at, like you said, in the prime of their careers, they have, you know, like Sean has come on uh, as of late. He's won his last three. And, you know, he's now the champion of the world. He beat Israel out of Sonya. He made it look easy. You know, no one, would have thought that would happen. So, like, it's really kind of who knows, sky's the limit sort of situation. Like, we, we, I really don't have a good read on it, but I got to make a pick, you know. So I'm gonna go Sean Strickland money line. The guy, the, the I, I just have a feeling he's going to be able to outlast his defense. His pressure is gonna make Drickus uncomfortable, and if Sean can uh, get through, I would say the first, you know, round, maybe two rounds, that I think he's gonna kind of. You know, not cruise, but he'll be able to kind of get comfortable and start to really get his offense off. So that that is what I'm taking. I am taking Sean Strickland money line at around minus one ten. So I like it. I like it. We're on opposite sides. I was really thinking of playing a Drickus sub um, play, but I mean, Sean Strickland has a great takedown defense. He hasn't been subbed before. I just have a weird feeling that uh, something. Uh, you know, this this fight's gonna get real messy, real awkward, real sloppy, and. I don't know, man. Drickus has. Uh, I liked how he got that choke against Darren Till, who's primarily a striker, kind of like Strickland. Um, big difference in fighter from Till to Strickland. I don't know, man. Something tells me about Strickland is you know he's had a lot going on lately. It seems like he hasn't been he hasn't been all there. Um, right after he won the belt, he said he didn't even care about the title. That kind of makes me feel a little weary, you know. And sometimes when guys finally get to the top, win the championship. They, they kind of falter. They kind of fall off after that. You know, they've kind yeah. of accomplished what they wanted to, and now it's like, well, uh, you know, it goes downhill. It seems like from there. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's really going to happen to Sean. I think he, you know, I think he wants to, to stay on top, obviously. But I, I wonder how uh, how locked in, how dialed in he is. I think Drickus is 100 percent dialed in. I do worry about that cardio. That, that gives me a lot of pause. I, I, I feel like uh, Sean could even get him out of there. Um, but if it gets if it gets ugly, if it gets weird, I think I trust Drickus to maybe resort to wrestling or, or clinching or grabbing on and, and making something happen from there. You know, landing a a, a big knee or a big elbow or a yeah. trip to a takedown. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm really considering a sub play, but it's tough. It's tough to you know. You it's probably just like uh, you, it's hard to envision something that you really haven't seen. You know, I mean, he's never been submitted yeah. before in his entire career. He's had thirty plus fights. You know how how can you expect something like that to happen? So it's yeah. It's I'll just stay with money line because I don't. Know why. Well, that's that's where I'm at. Like it's a sort of situation where you know there's the, it really I don't know what's going to happen, and the odds are close enough where 
why not just take a shot on the money line and you can make money, you know, no matter how it happens. I, I, I don't have a good read. I think, like I said, the uh, the easier or the, the best way for Drickus to win is to kind of establish his dominance early and really inflict some damage. If he doesn't get him out of there, just, you know, hurt him early and let him know that it's no joke so that he kind of, you know, fights not scared but cautious the entire time. I mean, I've seen... Sean Strickland had a five-round main event against Uriah Hall, and that was one of the most boring fights. Now, Uriah Hall lost, but Uriah Hall let Sean Strickland know right away what was going on there, and he fought cautious and scared. Uriah Hall is a guy who doesn't, I mean, talk about lack of volume. He doesn't really yeah. throw much at all. So I think if, you know, with DDP's just being able to cause chaos and, and making a fight ugly, I think that's his best way to Win. Awkward, ugly, chaos. That I mean that that is the recipe for a successful night for Driscus Duplessis. So but I am going Sean Strickland. I, I don't think I think Strickland is gonna be able to kind of keep him at bay. He has more experience in these five round affairs, especially the longer it stays standing, which I think it's going to. I think it suits Sean Strickland. So that is my bet. Uh we're on either side, so this is tough. This is a tough start to the uh podcast, but I think it's only well, going to win, right? Yeah, somebody's got to win. I think we're going to be on the same side on this one, but I guess we'll see. Raquel Pennington is getting a vacant go, UFC Bantamweight Championship. This is the title that Amanda Nunes was the uh, purveyor or, you know, was the holder of. She, you know, led this division for many and many a year, and now she has given it up. She has walked away from the sport. And it is now up to Raquel Pennington and Myra Bueno Silva to grab that torch and keep on going. Juliana Pena is waiting for them uh, in the wings. You know, she's making sure everybody knows that she's around. Because, yeah, I mean, she acts like she's Mike Tyson. I, that It she cracks is. me up when, yeah, no, <laughs> in no, in no <laughs> fucking universe is that girl, you know, scary or anything like that. I mean, she's a good fighter. But, you know, we saw what happened the second fight against uh, Amanda Nunes. But Myra Bueno Silva is minus 165-170 to Raquel Pennington's plus 140-145. I'll say right away before you go, Myra Bueno Silva is probably my play. Yeah, I like her here. I think she's she's in a good good stage of her career. I know it got a little it got a little weird when she had that draw with Montana De La Rosa. She lost to Manon Fierro. lost to Marina Morose, but I thought she actually did some good things in those in those fights. Also, she's now uh, up right. Up, up away class, yes, she has been for a little bit. So, um, also she should have she should have a win over Holly Holm. I, I don't know how an Adderall prescription gets you a, a fight overturned, but sure, why not? You know, whatever. Um, also, she hit a, a similar ninja choke on the Contender series. Um, Myra Buena Silva did against uh, the fuck was her name? Uh, some so- Sosa Souza, some undefeated chick who I don't think we ever saw again, but. She has really good subs. I mean, she's pretty good off her back. Um, good arm bars, heavy power, which not many women have uh, in this weight class. Devastating leg kicks. Maria Moroz and, and even Manon Firo, her, her front leg was getting beat up a little bit. Um, and I think she's going to have a chance to do that here against Rocky with Rocky's um, like boxing stance style. Um, I think she's going to have the ability to do that. And Rocky's getting old. She's 35. Um, I don't think, um, you know, I think she's pretty durable. Uh, I think she's very tough, but I don't think she's anything special. I mean, she's she's pretty strong. She's pretty good in the clinch. I think she's known 
for her durability and her boxing and just her experience all around solid game. But I think she can be bullied like the uh, Amanda Nunes, the GDR fights. She has been able to keep a pace for 25 minutes. So that's one thing I will say that's in her favor. Yeah. Meanwhile, Meyer Buena Silva has gassed out multiple times just in three round fights. Yeah. Um, the the Yanam Wu fight. I remember she should have got that chick out of there quick, man. And she, you know, uh, it took a little bit for Lena Landsberg for that fight to matriculate. But either way, man, I think she's had a very great, uh, very good uh, part of her career. You know, I think she's, she's uh, figured it out. I think she has uh, her mind is in the right place. And I think she's focused and, you know, I think she really wants to set up a, uh, a grudge match with um, your girl, the Venezuelan Vixen. And um, I think she beats her. I think she beats Juliana Payne. I think she smokes Juliana Payne, honestly. Uh, Juliana Payne is very slow and plotting, but for this fight, yeah, I got, I got Meyer Buena Silva um, winning. I, I guess um, I don't really know how. This is kind of like the, the main event because, you know, maybe she goes, maybe goes the distance, but I don't know how I feel about Meyer Buena Silva if we're getting to the fourth and fifth round. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's, yeah, 165, I, I would like it a little down. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stay away just because I kind of don't really know. I haven't had great success, uh, success, success or success tracking Meyer Buena Silva's career to this point. I, I think I, did I pick Holly Holm over? I, I don't know if I did. I, I think, yeah, I did. I did like a dumbass. So I did too. Um, yeah, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But I do think she gets it done here. It's going to be close. It's going to be a dogfight. I think Rocky has you know, has a chance to win some rounds, but I, I really I find it hard to believe that she's going to win most of this fight. So, um, yeah, give me give me Shitara to win. Uh, maybe she gets a sub late. Maybe she gets a knockout early. Like, I, I see a lot on the table here uh, for her. Rocky, I just see her, you know, I don't holding know. up against the know. fence. That's literally what I say. That's what I'm worried Stalling. about. Me. Stalling. Tired and out, yeah. Yeah, holding her up against the fence, kind of just sucking the air. Uh, I, I, I'm going to stay away as well from a gambling aspect because I just I, – I would probably, if I was – I would probably I would try to bet a Myra Buena Silva inside the distance because I think, like you said, the longer the fight goes, the less likely it is for, you know, for her to have success because it, it, Raquel, it seems like just – does well in those fights because she honestly makes it really boring and just leans you up against the fence. But people let her do that. It's about not letting her, you know, you can't let her do that to you. You know, she did it to Ketlin Vieira and was, was it got a, you know, questionable decision, I thought. But, uh, it, you know, it's this is a tough one. Uh, it's tough to really get a gauge on. I, I would love to bet Myra Borna Silva, but I just can't trust her. So uh, I'm going to stay away. And I think the good thing is she's been training for five round fights. You know, the last two fights have been five-rounders, so I think she's probably going to be in the be best shape that she possibly can be. Uh, I'm, I don't know. You know what? I can't let this uh, mean this thing go by, so I'm going to go minus 160, Myra Buena Silva. I like it. I like it. I was thinking about doing the same thing, but uh, I was like, yeah, why not? I, I just I, – I don't know. I don't have a great feel on it. There's a couple other plays that I like on this card, so – uh, a pretty a couple disgusting ones, I guess. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I, pass I just on this. I don't feel you know I, it doesn't feel right to let the a title fight go by and not have a wager on it. And I just think Raquel Pennington stinks. So I mean, she definitely could still win this, but I think Myra Buena Silva will figure out. And, and even Raquel Pennington's like not like if Myra was to gas out, like is she just gonna put it on her and start beating the fuck out of her? I, I don't I don't really yeah, see that happening either, right? Like I mean, she yeah, got one KO victory in her whole career. Yeah, other than uh, when she um, 
finished your girl Macy Chasson a couple of years ago. She hasn't got a finish in fucking since Jessica yeah. Andrade way back in 2015. So yeah, I don't think she prevent, uh, presents any kind of trouble. It just I think she could probably you know steal or win some minutes and some rounds. But yeah, I, you know plus 750 uh, TKO for for Myra Buena Silva. I know she only has one, but she fucking hits hard. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just going to stay away. I, I think a sub is probably something I also like here. But, again, um, Inside the distance yeah, is away. plus 130 for her. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love that. I think that's, you know, uh, I, I think it's kind of fair, but I, I wish it was a little, uh, a little bigger, a little higher. Yeah. You know, I wish it was in the plus 170 plus, you know, in the 200 range. But either way. Oh man, I kind of want to take that now. It's kind of telling me they 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 know what's going to happen, man. Uh, Listen, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't know. You got this. Yeah, I, I trust you here. I'm changing it. Oh, inside the distance plus one thirty. All right. Jeez. I mean, you got to figure she's she's probably not like she's more uh, likely to win by stoppage than by decision, right? That's I mean, I guess I both thinking, can like happen but yeah i i just don't know i mean 25 minutes with Meyer Buena silva i know she guesses and has the tendency to guess but that sounds tough man she, nasty light kicks hard hands uh crazy subs yeah that's gonna be tough yeah and holly holm was doing good for that first round until she wasn't you know she's kind of just yeah, got caught that happened quick yeah that happened out of nowhere so that's what i'm sitting there like she seems like that's kind of her way or her path to victory she's got you know two decisions seven submissions one ko so Maybe sub is just a bad, but who knows? I'm yeah. going to stay away uh, from that. Neil Magny, Mike Malott. This is a the feature bout of the night, so it's not you know we're not exactly the, the greatest feature bout. Uh, Neil Magny, more towards Neil Magny uh, n- negativity, but plus 310, 280 to Mike Malott's minus 360, 400. Uh, yeah, I like Mike Malott here, obviously. I, I think it's just... Does he get him out of there? Would be the real question. I don't. I don't think Neil Magny is a uh, a worthy or a trustworthy bet these days. I mean, he's lost. He's kind of like you know, win lose, win lose, win lose kind of guy now. And I mean, really, he's done that for the last fucking forever. It seems. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's, he's always kind of been like in there somewhere. Right? A grappling match, L uh, out of nowhere. So. But I mean, the guys he loses to are not, you know, they're they're not Ian Machado, Gary, which you know, say what you want, but he's ranked Gilbert Burns, Shavkat, Michael Chiesa, you know, like and Pons when he was at at the height of his game, it was, you know, these yeah. aren't exactly uh, scrubs, but uh, I think you could say the same about Mike Malott. Mike Malott just gets people out of there, man. It's it, yeah, these, never been the distance. These yeah, these last couple, you know, especially since he joined the UFC. It's been, you know, elimination of Mickey Gall, elimination of that Johan Liness and Adam Fugit. So I guess you could say this is a big step up in competition or somewhat big step up in competition. So yeah. uh, I, I don't know how to feel about that, but I would probably say that he gets him out of there. But it's minus 190, dude. Uh, I, I don't I don't really know if I could even bet this. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, what was what was uh, the minus one ninety line that you said inside the distance? Um, well, Bell, uh, Bellator Bovada just froze on me because you you know that's just what they do, of course. So um, I minus like what am I supposed to do with minus three fifty as a line for Mike Malad over Neil Magny when he's coming off of um, 
a win against Adam Fuckett, you know, like, yeah. but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do, I'm going to play the trend and uh, I'm going to go Mike Malott by sub plus okay. 105. I think uh, Neil Magny loves getting subbed. He loves just putting his neck out there. You know, he's, he's very long. Uh, Mike Malott's pretty long too, but he's obviously not going to, you know, pale in comparison to Neil Magny. Magny has most wins at 170, I think ever. Um, very, again, very, very long for that weight class. Uses the clinch. It's crazy. There's been multiple times where he's fought somebody and has just, you know, had them fight his fight in the clinch, and then he's worn on, worn on them, worn, worn on them. And uh, you know, the Robbie Lawler fight, the the Phil Rowe fight, the Lee Jang Liang fight. So maybe he can do something like that. Teach a, teach Mike Malott a vet lesson. Uh, I think Mike Malott is definitely overdue for a vet lesson, but. You know, Neil Magny's kind of at a ship part of his career, man. He's, you know, I mean, the durability's going. The leg kicks have been an ongoing issue. And I'm not even just talking about the uh, Ian Gary fight yeah. or the Ponzinibbio fight, the Max Griffin fight, the Carlos uh, Carlos Condit fight, the, the Lorenz Larkin fight way back in the day. Um, it, it, he's just so susceptible to him. And uh, Mike Malott's the Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach at Alpha Male. So, you know, it, he has like um, – I, I'm not a jiu-jitsu guy. I have to talk to your brother and you um, about it. But it seems like Mike Milan has this uh, – I saw somebody talking about like a high-wrist guillotine or front choke sequence that he uses. It's, pretty, it's it, it looks a little different. Um, he gets a lot of leverage on it, and they're fucking nasty too. I mean just snatches it up quick, and um, he's pretty unforgiving with those subs. Very tricky. He, he'll you know hurt you on the feet. He'll guillotine your arm triangle. He loves just any kind of choke. Um, I remember he choked out uh, my boy Solomon Renfro in yeah. CFFC before he fought uh, that fucking fraud on the Contender Series, uh, Shimon Smatrosky uh, uh, or something like Smatrosky, that. Smatrosky, yeah, yeah. Oh Smatrosky, yeah. That guy was that was tough. Scrub. Yeah, it was almost like a pick'em fight. I'm like, damn, this uh, Shimon guy is terrible. You know, always fade the Israeli guys. They can't, they can't really fight. But um, but I guess. I will say, Mike Mott, you know, there were some interesting parts of that Mickey Gall fight, which is not not the best, you know, and also Adam Fugit, he was getting pieced up, but he had a couple moments of success, but right before he got dropped, I think he got dropped and then guillotined, um, Mike Mott is just, he, he turns it around quick, man, he he can weather the storm, um, he, he's had a bunch of grappling matches, uh, Trevor Giles, a couple other ones, um, and, you know, he's honestly had better... Uh, a better strength of schedule outside of the UFC. He fought Hakeem Dawudu way back in the day, got knocked out, but, um, you know, he fought in Bellator once, uh, fought to a draw, um, and then fought my boy Solomon Renfro in CFFC. So, yeah, this is a big step up, but I think he gets it done. I think he taps out Neil Magny again. Neil Magny's been subbed, what, like six times? Yeah. Six times, yeah. So, and he's 36. He's he's pretty much past it. Uh, low volume. Maybe he just makes it a sloppy, ugly dog fight. I, I could see it, but I'm going Mike Malott sub. Mike Malott sub plus 135. That is hey. the move. I like that. I like that number. Uh, I like Mike Malott's game. Uh, and I think this is, Mike, like you said, Mike Malott might get uh, you know fraud checked at some point. I just don't think this is it right here. I, yeah. It's not. I don't think Neil Magny's the guy that provide i also could see him knocking neil magny out but i also know that yeah it's going to be tough for him to you know it, it have these long extended striking uh you know uh events because he's got a seven inch reach advantage for neil magny so he's probably going to fire those leg kicks and then probably try to get the takedown i would imagine but i guess we'll see 
Mike Malott, sub, plus 135. Chris Curtis fighting Mark andre Barriol. Wow. M-A-B. I know some people out there. Power Bar. It's a crazy-ass nickname. I've always That always cracks me up. But Chris Curtis is a big-time favorite. Uh, well, actually, not that big. I, I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. But minus 200, 210 on some of these to Mark andre Barriolt's plus 165, 160. Ty, do you trust that Mark andre Barriolt is going to represent his country of Canada well? Pretty sure the last time we saw him out there, he was taking care of business against Eric, your boy, Anders. So, and then he dispatched the Cuban Missile Crisis. I remember that. And yeah, we I, do. I do also recall the loss to Fluffy, uh, which he barely, uh, you know, got that inside the distance. I remember I was worried about that. But do you think Chris Curtis gets him out of there, I would say? Um, Chris Curtis is 36 now. Um, I think he's shorter here, but I think he does have the longer reach. Yeah. I just try. I think his takedown defense has come such a long way. Uh, I think Chris Curtis was on the re- like before he got to the UFC, people thought he was just some regional scre- regional scene scrub. So he's really just kind of turned it around. Um, very durable, just has that great pocket boxing with you know good out- good output, good cardio. Uh, he can take a- he can take a shot. Phil uh, Phil Halls was hitting him with some pretty good shots, and he turned that shit around quick. Um, I like a lot that he can do, but sometimes I think he- he's a bit stationary. Um, sometimes I feel like he doesn't you know he doesn't put an exclamation mark on rounds. But MAB, man, uh, Power Bar is just, he's a grinder. He's got the nasty inside elbows, nasty inside clinch work, and just, you know, putting his head in, on your head and really just uh, bothering you and making you feel uncomfortable. But he's so slow and like, plodding forward. Uh, I do think he is tough, but he eats a big shot sometimes. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's something that you can just count on, um, you know, not being an issue and um, just walking through guys' best shots. You know, I still think that Eric Anders, you know, arguably beat him in that last fight. So, um, he is at, he is at his best when, um, when guys fade, I just don't know if that's Chris Curtis, you know, I think yeah. maybe eventually Chris, Chris Curtis can definitely run into some trouble, but you know, Nasruddin Imavov is a much different challenge than Marc-Andre Barrio. I mean, you know, one's a athletic freak who's like six, three, uh, long kickboxer and power bar is, is just that he's a power bar. So, um, yeah, I think Chris Curtis has him covered here. Um, I, maybe he could finish him, maybe not. I, I, there's been some times where I thought Chris Curtis could get a finish, and he's come up a little short. So minus one eighty five seems seems reasonable. Um, what you know? Can the action man get a get a finish? I mean, I guess he his last win was a finish right against Joaquin Buckley. Um, yeah, I think this could go similar to that fight. Honestly, uh, I'm not going to take it. Uh, again, he's a fighter I've had uh, weird weird betting history with. I think I might've had, had him over Kelvin Gastelum uh, or, or Jack Romanson. One of those two, I can't remember. He's also been sparked out before Ray Cooper. Remember that back in PFL. Um, and then the Imavov fight was, ended up being a no contest. I remember I had Imavov, so that sucked. Um, yeah. And I also, I don't, I don't really like Chris Curtis. You know, he's always, always on Twitter talking shit, talking about, I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about half the time, but, um, I think he should get it done. I yeah. just don't trust him enough to to make any kind of bet. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the juice here. I think it's worth it. I think it's close enough to uh, you know under 200 is pretty much my limit, and I can get minus 185 on Chris Curtis money line. So I'm gonna bet the money line at minus 185. I just think, like you said, he's like Mark Andre Barriol's gonna have to 
grind on him. He's going to have to be able maybe to take him down. I don't know if these long-term striking exchanges are going to suit him. So I think that that's what, how this fight's going to play out, and I think Chris Curtis gets gets it done here. I don't know how. Probably a decision. Uh, I maybe want to would want to. I don't know though, because he might he might catch him and hurt him and get him out of there. So that's why I stay away from that. So I'm going to go Chris Curtis minus one eighty five. Uh, Arnold Allen, Movsar Evolev, Evloyev, uh, I believe is how you actually you know. I've heard so many different people say his name different, but Evloyev is coming off of his. Close, razor-thin decision. I, well, I know he was a unanimous, but it was a much closer fight than he and everyone else expected against Diego Lopez. He's fighting Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen is coming off of a loss to Max Holloway, which was a main event. Uh, like I said, plus uh, 160 for Arnold Allen, 175. Ivoyev is a minus 190, 210 favorite. Uh, Ty, I, I don't... It seems like Ivoyev is going to have to make a statement here, uh, in my opinion, just for me to kind of believe that he is the man again. You know, like after, it, not that he's not, but I mean, like he's had three decisions in a row. It doesn't really seem, you know, like the more and, than that, right? Yeah, right. I think yeah, every oh my fight God, yeah. UFC career has been one. That's crazy. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I saw split Only one and split. instantly changed my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, and that was against Nick Lenz, too. I think they both have a common opponent in Nick Lenz. I believe they both – I think he gave away a round to Nick Lenz, and I think um, I think Arnold Allen um, also kind of struggled with him a little bit, a little bit. So So I don't have a read on this fight, to be honest. That's, I'm probably going to stay away. I, I, I would. This would be a situation where I might just bet the underdog. Because it seems like they were somewhat evenly matched, but I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. I do think I, uh, I do think I like Evloev to win a decision, but you know that's minus one fifty. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that, man. I do like Arnold Allen's. I like what he does from the southpaw stance, um, throwing uh, calf kicks. Usually, you see a southpaw fire off body kicks when he's when he's fighting a, an orthodox guy, right? You go from the uh, left kick to the body. He does it to the calf. So that's kind of interesting, uh, a little wrinkle in his game. Uh, he's really good at darting in and out, quick, powerful hands, has uh, opportunistic submissions. Uh, Mads Burnell, that was a good one. And then um, his UFC debut against Omer, that was pretty good. His takedown defense, his get-up game is pretty good. And that's even, you know, I think it's, what is it, 76%. And that's e- even counting... Um, uh, factoring in when he fought earlier in his career, he fought guys where he was getting taken down a bunch, like uh, Amir Khani, Mads Burnell took him down six times. Uh, so he, you know, it, it's something he's been working on. And the fact that 76%, that's pretty good, man. That's, you know, that, that's holding up pretty well. Uh, the, the, obviously, the Max Holloway fight was tough, but um, look what he did to Calvin Cater. Look what he did to Dan Hooker. Um, you know, even uh, in the Sadiq Youssef, he, he faced a little bit of, um, a, a little bit of trouble, but, Got a couple takedowns, got a knockdown, and just um, was able to get get his hand raised. So he just has um, a way of winning. I think you know. I, I think he just he gets it done. He's very solid all around. He's still improving. Still young. You know, what is he? Our age, twenty eight, twenty nine. So um, not that Evlo. He's I think same thing, twenty nine. And he's a guy that's slowly gotten better. You know, I think he has his game. He's a relentless wrestler. Who you know, I, I like how he strikes for a little bit to kind of you know. Uh, make you think, all right, yeah, he's going to stand a little bit with me, and then he, boom, quick. And uh, even if he doesn't get the first takedown or the second or the third, uh, he times them really well. He chains them really well. Uh, he's very methodical, the way he uh, 
you know, wall walks when he gets you against Cage. Um, and I think he can wear you down in a way that kind of Sadiq Youssef did against Arnold Allen, you know, kind of wearing on him against the cage and, and shit like that. And I think Evloev eventually will be able to get him down and, and probably win every round. Maybe, maybe win two of three, but either way, I think he, he just has what it takes to, um, to get it done. I, Arnold Allen hasn't really faced many wrestlers as of late. Um, and, and sometimes he doesn't push a heavy pace and doesn't push four takedowns, even though he has a pretty decent wrestling game. So, I, I just, you know, looking at it, just just a quick look. You'd think Arnold Allen should should be, um, you know, I think a lot of people are counting him out. But looking at the stylistic matchup, I don't think he matches up that well with with Evloev. So I'm gonna go Evloev decision. I'm not gonna bet anything because I think it's a little juiced. Even though it is obviously every fight he uh, actually, yeah, I'm gonna play. I mean, every single fight he has in the UFC has been a uh, decision victory. So I don't see why he why Arnold Allen will be the guy that he finishes. Maybe he catches him to something, right? Uh, but yeah, give me a give me Evloev decision. I think minus one fifty ish. Minus one fifty ish. Uh, let me see if I can get you a better line just for for the people out there. Uh, wow, there's minus one twenty on here. So there you go. Evloev decision minus one twenty on Fanduel. There's a couple. Uh, it's all over the place, kind of. Uh, you know, thir- the, the the earlier you get to these people, the better it is for you to. Maybe attack some of these lines that you think are misconstrued or a um, little off. So here we go with that was the main card. We are now going to go into the prelim section of the card. And that is Brad Katona, Canada's zone, who fights in Ireland and wears glasses. He's fighting Garrett Armfield. He is a minus 200, 210 favorite to Garrett Armfield's plus 170. 165. We have uh, both been on record kind of saying that we like Garrett Armfield's game. We think he's pretty good. He <coughs> kind of showed up in short notice and uh, up a weight class against David Onama, comported himself, you know, somewhat well, came back and just eliminated that Kazama guy. I mean, just beat the shit so, out of him. I, that was dude, bad. I, just, I just rewatched it earlier. And I was like, bro, he beat them. Like, from the, from the, from the second the fight started, Kazama just didn't want to. Didn't want no. to be there. He got hit and then a he couple kept getting, times. He was like, oh, He boy. kept getting hit, and he's like, this, yeah, this sucks. Um, does it get any better from here? No, it does not. So, um, yeah, sorry. I don't want to. Just... No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say, Brad Katona, you know, he just won the Ultimate Fighter coming off of that fight uh, on the Sterling O'Malley card in August. So it's. What a fight, too. What a great usually, fight that you know, was. It really was. Usually, uh, you know, if I remember correctly, he has like a boring-ish yeah. style. So. The fact that he was going balls to the wall with Cody Gibson, who I believe has a fight coming up also, um, that was awesome. That was a really good fight. He's the only time, only guy to ever win the Ultimate Fighter twice, for whatever that's worth. Um, he just has an interesting cage-pushing, judo-wrestling style with also good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You know, yeah. it's kind of – he's just an awkward, weird uh, guy and fighter. Um, he's been around for a long fucking time. He's very experienced, very durable. Uh, I'm not really sure when uh, that physical and – that physical decline uh, is, but it should be soon. You know, I, I hate to hate to say that, but he's just been so many hours in the gym and in the cage, and uh, you know, hasn't been in that many wars and hasn't been knocked out cold that many, if ever. But you know, that's all going to wear on you, man. And as you get older, it's just going to be harder and harder. And Garrett Armfield's young, man. He's very young, and he's making improvements every fight, working really well with Trey Ogden. They have something really, really good going on over there. Um, Heavy hands, solid boxing. He listens to his corner very well. 
there was times in that Kazama fight, he was standing a little, uh, a little stiff, a little straight up. And they said, Hey, you know, bend in the knees, bend in the knees, uh, stay eye level, eye level. And he did. And then knocked him out. Uh, not the best opponent. Uh, hopefully we never see that guy again yeah. in the UFC. I don't think he was ever, ever should have been there, but also decent wrestling arm field has the problem is that he just tends to slow down. I think when the pace turns up and, uh, that really worries me in this fight with Brad I think he's going to have to put him out early or else, uh, you know, he might, he might find himself on his back, you know, um, and, and maybe even getting finished late if he, if he really wears down. So I want to take Armfield. I really do, but I'm not going to, I'm going to stay away. I don't, I don't like betting Brad Katona fights, even though I would love yeah. to fade Brad Katona here. I, I, I think, I think his style is, is pretty good here. I do think there's a chance though. I mean, Armfield has, has got the better hands, but as we saw in his last fight, Brad Katona will let them go too. So the fact that he kind of switching styles this late in his career, or, or looking a little bit different, kind of throws me off. I, you know, I think Armfield's a little too young and inexperienced here. I think, um, I think he might, he might take an L here. I, I will say there is a, a split decision on Garrett Armfield's uh, record that was kind of recent against Mark Slider. That was not, uh, it should not have been a split decision. So I don't know what the what the refs in that fight were looking at. Also, he has a loss to Matteo Vogel uh, and Ronnie Lawrence. Matteo Vogel is pretty, you know, one of the better Canadian prospects. Um, I think he has a fight coming up this weekend, actually, tomorrow, against uh, a fellow named John Wynn at Unified MMA 55. So uh, we'll have to check that out, see how he does. Ricky Bandejas is also on that card. Yeah. Wow, I, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Just destroy, so, destroy James Gallagher, I remember that. Yeah, I remember you had a mega whale play on James Gallagher that night. So, I um, bet James Gallagher that night. <laughs> Come on, you don't have to tell the people that. That's but a, either I'm way, honesty. I, I want, I'm the merchant of honesty. Listen, I bet zero gone against John Jones, so I can't say anything. Yeah. Um, I would love to go with the Missouri State Tiger. Uh, not a tiger. He's a bear, I believe. The Missouri Tiger, Missouri State Bears. I think that's what they nice. are. In Garrett Armfield. Fighting out of Florida as well. Gotta love that. It's my guy, uh, friend of Killcliffe FC. I'm going to stay away, unfortunately. I just don't have a good play. I, I'm not going to bet with my heart, so... Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Like, I probably like off the book might do it, but I can easily see a world where Bracketona takes him down and just holds him down and just yeah. starts ground and pounding and getting offense off, you know. And there's nothing that Armfield can do. I mean, he's much bigger than him. He's got you know a big, big reach advantage in this fight, I believe. But I mean, yeah, he's got what uh, you know five and a half inches. So I I think that could yeah. play a factor, but uh, definitely at the, at the beginning. You know, yeah. like he, he, like you said, he has to. The ideal path would be to get him out of there early, and Bracketone has never been finished in his whole career. So, you know, it's yeah. tough to go out there and bet something like that. So, all the, um, all the props for, for Gary Armfield, I think decisions plus 400, KO plus 450, sub plus 1100. So, you see that the book's not uh, that confident in him getting it done. So, no. so that's why we stay away and then we keep it moving. Charles Jordan, Air Jordan, getting back in there. Against the sniper, Sean Woodson. The guy's built crazy, man. He's six. Another Missouri boy. Oh yeah! Wow. So it's Missouri versus Canada, basically in this. Uh, in, yeah. In this card. <laughs> I think I got Canada in this one. I don't know if I can, uh, you know, tail the the state of Missouri after I was just there for a couple of days and uh, realized that nothing makes sense there. There you go. Uh, so what do we have odds wise here? I believe that uh, Sean Woodson is the underdog at plus one eighty one seventy. Charles Jordan is a minus two hundred two oh five favorite. This seems like another one for me that I'm probably going to stay away from. Uh, a nine inch reach advantage for the sniper, but he seems like he always wears down during these fights. 
and Charles Jourdain, you just never you never know, man. That's that's the thing with him. He yeah. either looks like the greatest fighter who's ever existed or he's just kind of getting pushed back by Shane Burgos or he's getting pushed back by Nathaniel Wood or he's getting darsed by Julian Arosa, you know? So it's you, you just don't you don't know. You don't know. So that's why I'm going to stay away from this personally, but I don't blame anyone who may have a bad. I mean, I I just personally love Sean Woodson as well, so I can't. Yeah. Do you know who else got darsed by Julian Arosa in the third round? No. Sean Woodson. Did he really? So, yeah, they both they both have a, a third round Dars L to Julian Arosa, which I mean, listen, he'll do that to you. You know, that motherfucker is uh you can you can knock him down with a gust of wind, but also, on the other hand, he'll fucking dog walk you and he will not feel bad about it. So that's a tough guy to fight. I actually like Julian Arosa a lot. Um, all jokes aside. Also, um, Sean Woodson, when he had that Luis Saldana fight, he like died in the first round and then was able to, to battle back to get a draw. So he's, he's pretty tough, man. I, you know, all jokes aside, he's not the most aesthetically pleasing fighter. Every time I try to say that word, I fuck up the yeah. first time. So that's good. Um, but he's long, tough, high volume striker. Again, he, I, I liked how he rallied a little bit against Saldana, who's, you know, not the best fighter, but just, just showing something like that is pretty good. I think Woodson is also uh, started to wrestle a little bit more lately. And um, that's why I think I'm going to play Charles Jordan sub. I like him plus 600 here. Uh, I know it's a big line. I think he's. I think he should piece him up on the feet. I think um, something I don't like about Jordan. Um, I do like his girlfriend. She's beautiful. Um, <laughs> Jordan, he's a good looking dude, dude. Yeah, he is. Um, them, them Quebecy, Quebecois people are good looking people out there. So uh, the one thing I do not like about Charles. Is uh, he he does what like Piotr Jan and Cheeto Vera do? It seems like he takes the round one, round one off or takes a round off, makes some reads right, and then he just comes for like an animal out of nowhere. Sometimes in the third round, he'll just like a bat out of hell, just turns it the fuck up. He's usually the longer guy. Will not be in this fight. Um, also, giving up takedowns, I think like fifty percent takedown defense. Uh, not not a fan here or about that. I should say not a fan of that stat, but I do think. And he also doesn't go for takedowns as much as I kind of like him. It's, it's, it's a lot like what you said. You, you just never know what you're getting from him. But he is maturing. He is getting older. Again, he's like our age. So, uh, and he's been fighting for a little bit. I think he's kind of uh, ironing out his all-around game. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take it. I, I think it's a bit of a long shot. Um, and I think he can uh, get a ground and pound or, or hurt him on the feet. I think he has the better hands and more power here. But I'm going to go. You know, Sean Woodson's been trying to get takedowns uh, as of late. I think that could play right. You know, he has long, long neck. I think that can play right into Charles Jordan's guillotine. He has a nasty guillotine. Give me Charles Jordan by sub. I, I, I feel pretty confident in this. I know it's a long shot again, but um, I like it. I like. I'm going to play it. Charles Jordan sub plus six hundred. Yeah, I like it. I like. I like that line. That is a good number. If that's what you're going to play, I mean, six hundred. That's a that's a difference maker. That that's a yeah. That's if you included that in a Tesla parlay, then it would be, it would be a big time difference. I might have to do that. I'm gonna hit you up this weekend, so make sure you, uh, you're, you have the DraftKings app logged in, ready to fire up. I'm gonna send you uh, something to play for me. Oh, I mean, shit. you can ride off in the sunset. Hell yeah, I'm gonna have to figure out. Uh, I, I haven't been on the DraftKings app in a minute. It's been dust it off. Let's yeah, go. I'm gonna have to see what the deal is on there. I mean, even though they do have really good odds for the UFC when I when I look at this, but. Uh, how on, do you Florida, say this gentleman's it. name? Sirhe Surrey City. Sirhe City. Okay, he these two fought on the uh, contender series this this year, 
earlier on in the year, and it was, I thought, a easy uh, or uh, an early stoppage. I mean, I don't know if it would have yeah. really changed the, the outcome, but... Dana White, same thing. Yeah. The, the camera panning to Dana White, and he has, like, this confused look on his face, like, somebody's getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was horrible. It really was. It's, you know, like... You could argue it wouldn't have made a difference, but it yeah. did because you didn't give a guy a chance to kind of recover. He did. I thought he was re- defending himself well. I didn't think it was worthy of stoppage, but you know that's that's Kevin McDonald for you. He likes to do shit randomly that just makes absolutely no, no sense. sense at all. So <laughs> uh, we got plus one eighty. I think I saw one. No, I'm sorry, not even that bad. One fifty five, one forty to. Cities minus one seventy five one eighty. Uh, I saw. I mean, from what you saw in the two minutes of this last fight, it seems like it's going to be, uh, you know, a pretty good fight, a pretty close fight. I yeah. would say. I don't think that the odds are that crazy or that off. I would. I mean, I bet Roman Tavares the last time, and I would like to do it again. I just don't know if I'm going to take it on the card. Yeah, um, I don't he know if got you remember fucking his, rocked, but I mean, he, he was his durability was. He not, was doing he was doing really well. He, he was landing that that uh, straight left right down the pipe a lot. Uh, but Serhi City has a pretty good shit. They're both men. This is gonna be a good fucking fight. He did miss weight the first time he fought City, <clears throat> and again that stoppage was so bad. But he he bounced back when he fought that fellow in the Contender Series, uh, Cortavius Romeus. And he fucked the guy whose his nickname was "Are You Not Entertained?" He was not entertained as he got fucking flatlined by that left hook. Uh, so that was nasty. Uh, also, he has a fight coming up in Pure FC twenty seven. Uh, Mister, are you not entertained against a four and fourteen guy? So uh, yeah, I guess he's I guess he's getting back in the win column this week. Is that this weekend also? No, it's in a month from now. So we'll see how Mister Romeus does. But um, yeah, the savage Roman Tavares, I like him. He's he's kind of a one dimensional. Boxer, you know, sits in that pocket, throws those one-twos, good low kicks. I like how he counters low kicks or counters with the one-two very well. He kind of reminds me of a Southpaw Cody Garbrandt a little bit. Um, also, I think he has a um, – what the fuck's that dude's name? The, the the bum. Martin Day. He has a submission over Martin Day. That was a pretty nice guillotine. Um, I think that was in the, the regional scene somewhere. Um, but he has been dropped a couple times. He, he got knocked out in 30 seconds on the regional scene once by a 5-5 five and five guy. Uh, Serhei City sat him down, you know, uh, in a fight he was winning, it, it went, you know, it, it did a 180 quick. So I like all around what Surrey City does, clinch knees, body kicks, all around, just maybe not great anywhere. I think gets hit a little too much. I think he's a little, uh, keeps his hands down a little, a little too much, but man, he's, he's, he's a tough dude. You know, he's a tough dude. Born in Ukraine, moved to Canada when he was like six. So, you know, he's got that deep down dog in him. Um, I think he's much more durable. I also think he's a better grappler if 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 he goes for it. I'm not sure if he will. You know, he he likes to to, to stand and trade. This is gonna be a back and forth fight. I'm not sure. You know, who knows what happens this time around? I know he had the win, but uh, I think I think Tavares was like 11 of 19 total strikes in that first fight. So he was really getting his offense off too before he got caught. I'm staying away from this fight. I'm gonna pick Surhe City to win. Uh, maybe a decision. Probably not. I don't know why I said that, but maybe, maybe not. Who knows? We'll see if they run it. We'll, we'll see when they run it back. This would be a really good fight, though, just all in all. So I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I probably bet Tavares off the books, uh, but I just—I don't mind that it. being an underdog. Yeah, I you know? just can't do it. But it, it, it was it. so. Yeah, I have to raise my microphone levels because I am kind of low here. But I think Talk we're at me, Julian Robertson minus three hundred five. I don't remember if I what I said or what I didn't. Uh, Pauliano Viana is plus 240, 245. 
So I imagine this is kind of going to play out on the ground. It's going to be a little bit of a grapple fest, uh, I would say, or at least they think, I mean, if a Jillian Robertson's going to win, that's how it's going to happen. That's her bread and butter, just backpacking people and, you know, taking care of business from there, Ty. Uh, Pollyanna Viana has really, you know, as, uh, you know, as much of a fan of hers as you may be, you know, she has kind of let you down in some of these uh, circumstances. That that uh, getting t- getting tapped out by Lucindo last time out was... I can't, not, yeah, that was sad. It was not a good look. So I guess how do we how do we judge this? Do we think that Miss Viana might get subbed or might get out-grappled by Jillian Robertson? Uh, I mean, she's uh, down at 115, she's looked good. Yeah, um, but moving up. Jillian Robertson has not looked good. I think she's very slow. Eddie Alvarez said it best about her. If she can't get a takedown, she quits. That's it. Um, I think she's nasty, though, when she gets on top. Like, she drops some elbows and ground and pound because she wants you to give up your back. And then, boom, from there, it's it's pretty much tap city. And uh, Pollyanna Viana can be taken down. She She's kind of dangerous off her back, but I just don't like how often she goes to it. I think that's what she did against Lucindo, right? Or, um, yeah. No, no. Uh, other way around, I guess. I think Lucinda went to her back, and then and then she um, was able to arm try. Oh no, no, she arm triangled her. She didn't. I, I was thinking she just triangled her. Uh, I forgot. I, I kind of forget how that one went. But I do. I do know that Tabitha Ricci has a unanimous decision win over both of these ladies. So um, it was the arm bar against Veronica Hardy. Yeah, she just kind of that was bad. That was really bad. I mean, I, a lot of her losing to Hannah Cyphers and getting dropped by Hannah Cyphers is. Uh, not good, but um, I, I I don't know. I, I think you know Jin Yufrey not a high level uh, opponent, but knocking her out in forty seven seconds that's that's pretty impressive. The reach the Tabitha Ricci fight she got taken down and controlled, but I, I thought she did you know was better the better striker there. Same thing with the Lucindo fight. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I, I really want to do this, so I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Pollyanna Viana inside the distance. Um, I just think she's. She wins this fight if she keeps it standing, or even if she sprawls and brawls. I just think she's much more better with her hands and, and, and just striking in general. Jillian Robertson, man, she, she just quits if she can't get that. I, you know, um, you, you'd probably think, like, Jillian Robertson, she's probably too smart to get caught, right? But I don't know. We've seen very um, different kind of game plans, very, very different kind of fighters in these two from their fight. Uh, you know, fight to fight, they change. They look different each time out, both of them. So it's it's really hard for me to cap. Um, I'm going to look at some of these odds now before I just throw out a bet at your face. But it's, it's I mean, Jillian Robertson minus 300 against somebody who as who is as dangerous as Pollyanna Viana. I don't know, man. That's that's so risky. You know, like Jillian Robertson hasn't been knocked out cold, uh, you know, 13 times or anything crazy like that. But she just watching her fight it doesn't look the prettiest especially on the feet you know it, it definitely looks good when she's on top beating the shit out of girls but you know getting to that point it's 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 you know even the pierre rodriguez fight that shit was ugly before she uh eventually got her got her out of there Pollyanna viana sub plus 550 ko plus 700 um i can't i don't know what what do you got for me? I don't, I need I need. No, something. I mean I'm staying away. I, I just want nothing to do with this fight. To be honest, uh, it's uh, Jillian Robertson should be able to take her down. I would I would think should be able to control her on the ground. Probably should be able to find some sort of submission of some sort. But again, like you said, like 
I mean, you're talking about somebody who's lost to J.J. Aldrich, somebody who's, like, you know, got cooked by Miranda Maverick. You know, like, it's not... Badly, yeah. Yeah, it's not something that uh, it's trustworthy, you know? But, uh, again, going, I think she is much more dangerous going down in weight to the, this 15 uh, and having this fight happen at 115. It's much, it much better suits her because I think it's more of her weight class, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, we always talk definitely. about how we think Jillian Robertson's, like, old, but she's only 28, you know? Like, she's... Yeah, crazy. She's younger than all of these girls that she's fighting for the most 15 part. 15 UFC fights. I think... I think I'm going to take Robertson's submission plus 140. I'm going to go with under two and a half rounds at minus 150. Uh, I don't see how it gets that far. I was thinking of under one and a half at plus 135, but... I'm going to do under two and a half, minus 150. I think one of, they're getting each other out of there. I really want to, I really want to take a, a Pollyanna Viana line, but I've done that before and it is not um, treating me well. So plus 8,000 if you think it's going to be a draw. Minus Just saying. 145, I can get you on one of these websites. So there you Hell go. Yeah, baby. Viana under two and a half. That's, uh, you know, Viana Robertson under two and a half is what he is going to play. And we have two more fights, I believe, left, right? Two. Maybe two? Three? No, only two? Yeah, you go. All right. Deuce. No, we got three. We got three. Three. Johan Liness versus Sam Patterson, who is going up in weight class to uh, make his 170 uh, debut here in the UFC. He's coming off of an – he got uh, sent to the shadow realm by the Red Fox, and it was bad. He was wrestling Mark Goddard, and it was an ugly situation. Uh, Liness, though, on the other hand, he's not exactly a uh, – World beater, you could say. He is a guy who will start hot, and then he just gets cooked. He fought, um, I think it was Gabe Green, and he was beating the shit out of Gabe Green in the first round, and then the second round started, and he had no idea how yeah, to fight. That was bad. That so was bad. that was that's one of the lasting memories for me on him. You gotta just wonder how, like, what's gonna happen here. <laughs> I got no idea. I would probably bet Liness, to be honest. He's at minus 150, 145. I have not seen anything from Sam Patterson that would tell me that he's worthy of being in the UFC, to be honest. I, I mean, maybe he is. I'm just saying from what I've seen, I got I, I got nothing, you know? Like, he's beat a lot of just guys on, on the on the regional scene. He's got yeah. a win against a guy who was 18 and 6, which that's probably his one of his better wins. But, you know, Ty, do, do you feel – do you have any – Different feeling on this? Is this is this like a TKO sort of thing, or is this just kind of a stay away? Yeah, this is easy for me. The left hand, I've noticed in many fights for Sam Patterson, is open for his opponents to land on him. It happened against Yanal Ashmuz. It happened against Camille Magomedov, a guy he beat. Uh, beat, But it was there. Uh, even that guy, um, uh, it's going to be tough, but Kunkar Pasha Osmayev was, uh, was able. Dude. Yeah, he was able to get some shots off. And that guy was a bum. Uh, you know, he fought a lot in Brave CF, and that's not the best competition. But it, it's there's a lot of footage out there of Brave CF, and that's just. But like I said, the eighteen six uh, guy Yali Dijeron, he went to a decision with him. Yeah. He's just some tough names, man. I'm just struggling here. Um, I went to a split uh, a while ago. I watched him get knocked out by Hardeep Rai. That was a second profile. You know, I don't want to judge him too hard for that, but he got knocked out bad. Um, I think that might have been an early stoppage too, if I remember correctly. Either way, I don't like Sam Patterson's game. I don't like. I, I like a little bit of his offense. I'll say. I think he's quick. I think he, um, you know, can 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 push you back. I, I do like that about him. He'll push you back. He'll throw some teep kicks. Right, kind of stay busy a little bit. Um, I, 
the pace he pushes is pretty solid. I think he, he has a, a multiple guillotines on his um, on his resume, so that's good. It seems that he has like an all around offensive game, um, but I don't think he has game changing power. I don't think he has game changing speed. Uh, now he's moving up to one seventy from one fifty five. It's a big jump up. You know, I know he's tall and long, but still, that's a 15, 15 pound difference. And now he's fighting a guy in Lines who uh, I think they have the same reach. Lines though, the problem and he's Lines is big for one seventy. So you're getting a a, a, a small. Uh, 155 or coming up to 170 against a big 170 year. I don't know. The, the problem with Lines, he's, he's kind of slow, right? When he, um, on his contender series fight, so his last couple fights, it's weird. He, he's kind of been gun shy. Uh, I'm not really sure why because, you know, coming uh, through the ranks, he had a bunch of big knockouts in the regional scene. And on the contender series, he knocked out a pretty solid opponent, Justin Burlington, with a nasty left hook that, um, you know, it was kind of just an exchange. Whoever lands first is, is, is going to win the fight, and it was him. You know, it could have went the other way, but um, that's that's my issue with him. If he stands and trades, sometimes he might uh, be on the the receiving end of a big shot just because his hand speed and his head movement, uh, his hand speed not great. I mean, his speed in general, he just kind of plods plods forward for a one seven year, and his head movement not great. Um, he used to train with Patrick Cote. Now he's with uh, Faraz Sahabi at TriStar in Montreal. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe that's something he's got that's that's working on his game a little bit um i don't love his get-up game i think it's pretty much non-existent yeah uh his cardio after round one he's pretty much cooked but uh i just really think sam patterson is is not is not ufc caliber yeah his chin is very 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 troubling i'm gonna take johan liness tko first round and that's uh wow you're taking you're actually taking it on the card yep plus 275 Wow, round one TKO yeah. plus I just, yeah, Sam Patterson starts hot. He wants to, you know, he wants to mix it up quick, but he does not have the chin or the defense. It, it's really about the defense. I mean, there is a thing about you know Tom Nolan got chin checked by Nicholas Moda, but uh, there was just an exchange and he got hit. Maybe it's going to be a problem for him in the future. Same thing with Jalen Turner. Like some of these long, tall, long guys, you know, they have that long man defense, but you know, with Sam Patterson, it's the it's the chin and the hands. Like he doesn't really try to, you know, combat other guys' shots at all. He, he's just like, you know what, you know, I'm going to hit you first. And I, I don't like that game plan whatsoever. Now, if he looks to mix it up wrestling and grappling, he's going to fucking smoke Liness, I think. Um, but, man, I don't, I don't trust this kid at all. I, 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 we've seen what we've seen, and that's enough. The Red Fox put him out into another dimension. Uh, he did take some time off, so that's good. But and he's going this up has happened now, to right? him. Yeah, this has happened to him before. So yeah, give me give me Johan Lines for round one TKO. Yeah, I don't know if going up is really the answer. You know, that, yeah, the fact that he's doing that already. Yeah, you know, it's, that's kind of like more of a skill issue as opposed like to a your weight class move. issue. Yeah, yep. uh, that's how I felt too. So uh, I'm with you. I'm going Lines TKO plus one thirty though. I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna keep myself going for the next couple rounds. So Jasmine Jones the vicious. Wow. How about it? Getting in there against Priscilla Cachuera. Priscilla Cachuera has been a uh, live dog in, in some situations, but she's yes. plus 310, 290 to Jasmine's minus 400, 370. So that is the situation here. I don't know here, Ty. I mean, this, like, Jasmine should probably be able to take her down and control her and dominate her, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm going to stay far away. I think this fight probably plays out kind of like how the uh, 
Gabriela Fernandez fight played out for Jasmine, where she was, you know, it was a, it was a tough little fight, man. She was taking some shots, and then she was like, "Fuck this, I'm taking you down," and it worked. She took her down four times. Uh, she controlled her for like eleven and a half yeah. minutes, which was crazy. Um, that's that's going to be where she should go to. I mean, she almost got done against Tracy Cortez with the wrestling. Um, you know, decent volume. There's some times where she's been, um, you know, kind of shut out a little bit. Uh, the Kay Hansen fight was was closer than it should have been. Uh, same with the um, the chick on the contender series, Julia Palastri. But that's kind of just how Jasmine is. I mean, she's not the best. You know, she's not uh, the sexiest fight style wise. Not saying anything about her looks. Um, it, you know, she kind of just fights close, thin margins. Uh, not not the prettiest uh, ever, but it, she gets it done. And she's a she's a junkyard dog. I think she's working on rounding out her wrestling game, you know, calling herself the female GSP, uh, as you've also called her that. Yeah. Um, I think she should probably dominate Priscilla, uh, Priscilla here. Priscilla, the only, you know, the only thing you got to worry about is her, uh, you know, poking you in the eye or, or kicking yeah, you lower. Yeah, doing something dirty. Yeah. Doing something dirty. She'll, she'll cheat. You know, she's smart. Um, but how smart is she? Because she can't get off her back. She's like a turtle once she gets taken down. So yeah, she does have legit power. She has a nasty uppercut. Um, and if you slow down, dude, she will turn up she's you know uh she's unrelenting in that aspect her takedown defense though it's it's bad and her get-up game is so much worse uh she stands tall she's very stiff uh they're the same height so i think jasmine will probably you know use some kicks um and just you know kind of kind of try to stay a distance she has a bit of a reach advantage but i think she's just going to try to you know not let priscilla get close is is what i uh imagine i can't let you get close yeah (laughs) in the words of chael sonan um so yeah, she's pretty good in the clinch. Jasmine is. She likes getting that. She likes throwing knees. Um, yeah, I just think this is going to go exactly how the Gabriela Fernandez fight went. So yeah, give me Jasmine just sort of vicious by decision. Uh, I don't have a play on it. Um, I, yeah, I'm not going to be betting on Priscilla Cachoeira, that's for sure. No. So we have one more fight left to talk about. Jimmy Flick, Malcolm Gordon. Malcolm Gordon what is a, a minus two twenty five favorite. That was alarming when I saw that. That was my. <laughs> instinct was like wow like is he's that big of a favorite i don't know uh i'm not so sure about that he's i also don't know coming off of a loss where i think he missed weight did he miss weight in that fight against jake hadley or did jake hadley yes. miss weight or is he, I, I know that symbol he missed weight. no yeah he missed weight against hadley he also got fucking smoked yeah he looked good against mokayev but um he eventually got finished towards the end jimmy flick now as much as i'd like to bet him the brick Jimmy the Brick Flick. Wow, holy shit, that's a crazy nickname. He's been uh, cooked twice in a row, once by Charles Johnson and once by Alessandro Costa. He is basically a ground, you know, like a, a uh, you know, submission or bust sort of bet. Yeah. Here. It's that's really sure. where he might get, you know, just beat up on, on the ground after he's laying on his back. He really tries to play the guard game a lot. So... That is a thing you have to keep in mind when you're betting him. I, I just – I don't know – I really don't know if this is worthy of a sort of sort of shot down the field play. If you look at the odds, you have submission for Jimmy Flick is plus 400. So that might be worthy. But uh, other than that, uh, uh, you know what? What do I only – I have one, two, three – I have six plays. I'm going to bet Jimmy Flick submission plus 400. Let's go. So am I. I was I was I was waiting for my time to talk so I could pressure you into this play, but it seems like you beat me to it. Now listen to Malcolm Gordon's takedown defense. Do you want to guess what the percentage is? Just guess a number. <laughs> uh, thirty-five. Nine. Oh my god. Nine percent is his takedown defense. His takedown accuracy is thirty. 
Um, he has a negative striking ratio. I don't want to tell you what Jimmy Flick's uh, striking ratio is. He lands about two significant strikes per minute. He absorbs about five per minute. That is a nasty, disgusting ratio. Do you want to know what Jimmy Flick's takedown defense is? Just guess any number. Zero. Zero. Dead. Yeah. Zero. Do you know what his takedown accuracy is? 27. So, um... We're really getting uh, something's got to give here. Something, somebody's got to get cut after this fight. They're both on two fight losing streaks. It's crazy because Jimmy, Jimmy Flick fought Cody Durden, got that hail mary triangle, retired, took two years off, came back and got absolutely just shellacked back to back times. However, I just watched uh, Malcolm Gordon fight. Uh, it was a Sumadarji, and he was just getting uh, pelted with 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 shots and just absolutely wilted like a like a sponge, like a pumpkin. But also the Amir Albazi fight, uh, I think at the time Albazi was like a, a purple belt. Not that that necessarily matters, I guess, but he got uh, he got walked walked all around by him on the ground. So give me Jimmy Flick by sub. Yeah, it's the I, only I like way this. he can get it done. It's all he has, but he's going to do it, God damn it. Jimmy Flick submission plus 400, and that why not? Is UFC 297 from Toronto. I hope you guys enjoy the card, enjoy the show, and enjoy this podcast because that's pretty much it. Do we have any boxing? There was a, actually, so uh, it used to be Showbox. Showtime is done. Now it's going to be called Probox. They do a lot of uh, midweek cards. I, I love it. There was a card last night. Mike Juan Williams beat Luis Feliciano. Mike Juan Williams is now 20-0. 20-0. And <clears throat> so sometimes they'll have like under-the-radar prospects who aren't, you know, Signed the top ranker Golden Boy that haven't really been noticed yet. They put them on, I think, on YouTube. The fights are so those are pretty good. I'm gonna next time I see a good one, I'm gonna let you know. This was in Plant City, Florida. If they can get a little closer to me, I'll have to go check it out in person. But um, I think Michaela Mayer's fighting this weekend. Yeah, Michaela Mayer's getting in there. Interesting to see what she does against Natasha Jones, who's talking talking all the shit. So I guess she wants all the smoke. Uh, it's gonna be in Liverpool. Wow. So Natasha Jones, Natasha Jonas. Better get a knockout. Tension's um, fighting. Tension, tension not Oh, man. He's getting in there with Floyd? No, nah, he's fighting some guy named uh, Pacheco. Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Right. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, not really um, much boxing, though. Yeah, there's no boxing. I mean, Jaime Munguia, John Ryder next Saturday from the Footprint Center in Phoenix, nice. Arizona. That's going to be a fucking good fight, man. That's going to be a really good fight. Jaime Munguia is eyeing a, a bout with Canelo. Um, I mean, the same PPD. They're working OT. I don't know if they're coming up here to arrest me. I mean, they're getting very close. But yeah. um, Jaime Munguia is trying to trying to get that Canelo fight, that, that red panty night, if you will, on Mexican Independence Weekend. Um, I believe that's what he's working to, uh, towards. But we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, nothing else really for the end of, for the rest of this month, boxing-wise. It's kind of a slow little – a slow. And you know how boxing is. Sometimes a bunch of fights get released. Sometimes none get released. So – yeah, there it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am Tiger Poen, and please, guys, please try to learn the lesson that me and Matt have tried to teach you. Do not fade the Canadians in Toronto. <laughs>